0: Procedural animation software is used to generate animation automatically in real time, allowing for a more diverse series of actions than using predefined animations. It's used to simulate smoke, fire, water, cloth and clothing, hair and fur. In video games, it's used in character animation. But how? It's me, but in this episode, 2241, Bill and Sean Johnston, the CG Bros, will be explaining when they answer the commonly asked question, what is procedural animation, on the CG Bros CG Insider Podcast.
1: Welcome to this edition of the CG Insider Podcast, and if you're a new listener to our podcast, welcome, and if you're a returning listener, it's really great to see you again. Welcome back. In today's episode of the CG Insider, we'll be answering another great question submitted uh, to our Ask Us Anything page at thecgbros.com by Simon Z from Raleigh, North Carolina. Raleigh, did I say that right? Raleigh, uh, Raleigh. <laughs> thank, thank you. And Simon asks, "What is procedural animation?" Oh, by the end of our discussion, you'll not only know
2: what procedural animation is, but you'll also learn how it's used with uh, CGI to create some of the of today's most uh, amazing animations and VFX shots. You'll also learn a little history in the background, as well as how proceduralism is used today to create CGI. Also, be sure to stick around to the end of the podcast, because uh, we'll be sharing some great examples of the procedural animation with you. Uh, I'm Sean Johnston, professional CG artist and animator in the video games industry, with uh, over 28 years of experience. And today, I'm currently a
1: full-time animation director. And I'm Bill Johnston, an industry veteran specializing in 3D animation and digital VFX for folks like Activision, Sony Computer Entertainment, and Bungie to drop a few names. And uh, we're grateful to be your hosts uh, for this edition of the CG Insider Podcast. Thanks again for asking this great question, Simon. Um, So you can call it procedural, you can call it routines or scripts or expressions. Uh, Those could probably all be included as part of the recipe for creating some pretty cool procedural CGI animation of VFX. And other other three content, but you know why don't we start off, uh, Sean? What what is proceduralism?
2: Well, I mean, it's 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 basically a technique that's that uses that generates animations procedurally, or you know, you're not keyframing it manually yourself. It relies on simulating something uh, using math or algorithms, or like you said, maybe some scripting things like that. Um, and so you you get uh, a lot of simulated things that rely on physics, and so you, you'll see that a lot in what we will show today. But that's basically what it is.
1: Yeah. Well, I know pr- procedural uh, pr- procedural animation anyway is really not you know anything new in the world of CGI. Although this the, some of the advances that they're they made recently are, are just uh, amazing, and we'll get to some of that. But uh, you know we've been using procedural you know methods for a while as CGI artists. I mean back, I mean, for decades now, we used procedural textures and and shaders uh, to create some, some of the, I mean, I particularly use them for creating a lot of energy plasma and lightning and, and and other energy effects uh, of all kinds. Uh, And, and we used to use uh, uh, procedural uh, textures, uh, well, for one thing, because (laughs) computers couldn't handle, I mean, we had so many, you know, sometimes the texture, you know, uh, texture memory is limited. And so we had to, we weren't able to use some of the high-res textures that they've got today, but uh, but so we we resorted to procedural textures.
2: Yes, They I mean you could. We didn't have the digital cameras, like you said, that had the high-res textures. Uh, you could paint them yourself, I guess. But then again, like you said, memory uh, limitations at the time we started using procedural things uh, was not uh, available to us. And then all the textures you'd zoom in and get close to something, it would look blurry. Um, where you know basically, if you're zoomed out, you can't notice it, but you go super, super zoomed in, you'll see it. Uh, but procedural textures, it's almost resolution independent because it's based on a mathematical description or algorithm, rather than you know basically storing the data. And so it actually takes a lot longer to calculate a lot of times, um, but it looks so much. Well, it's obviously a lot more realistic, and so that's why it's been used uh, prolifically in uh, CGI.
1: Yeah, here's an example of uh, some some. A little procedural proceduralism, procedural animation action as well. Uh, and this is a, a, a fractal-based animation, um, but you can see it, it's based on procedural mathematical pr- uh, rules. And uh, it's, it creates some pretty amazing stuff just using uh, you know, procedural-based animation techniques and procedural shaders. These, uh, this particular animation here is using both of those. Uh, and it's as i said it's nothing nothing new i mean we were using a procedural uh you know we uh, procedural stuff uh, animation techniques uh, even when we sean we uh, were using terragen um back when and and, uh, and uh, vista pro i mean they're right. they're all procedural uh, animation and, and modeling programs which which brings us back to what you're showing
2: fractals on our last podcast very similar to that that's basically what that is it's mathematics you know and it uh it works. I mean, you can literally like you're showing textures. It literally can generate, you know, wood textures, marble, granite, metal, stone, uh, weathered uh, textures, uh, you name it. And um, um, so substance, basically uh, you can use that software program to, to do those uh, generations as well. It's probably what most uh, uh, people are using today. um, Substance designer, things like that. Um, But uh, it like i said it's it's in and it looks so real because it's that's what you see in nature it's very relative to our last podcast right but but also they're used for you know uh, articulated bone systems using ragdoll um skeletal muscle stiffness you know where you're seeing jiggly um, um you know s- skin that has the muscles underneath that are jiggling based on physics um, Ragdoll, especially in games where you hit over a character in the game and it basically physically reacts to the impact and rolls around. So it's not like a canned uh, animation that you've done manually, you know, keyframing a death, for example. The, the, the actual body will fall down uh, physically accurately. So some of the weirdness you'd get with that too, obviously, is from when it's, ca- it's trying to calculate what that body's doing and get some really strange um, and fun, actually, visually uh, seeing the the characters bounce around is kind of fun in in, in modern games.
1: Yes, using procedural techniques is, uh, is is used actually in most areas of, of uh, CGI creation. I mean, it's used like you just we're talking about in rigging. It's used it's used a lot in the visual effects uh, area uh, to create all kinds of visual effects. And here here's one example um, in Frozen. Uh, you know, uh, the characters running across a uh, a, a, the, the, well, you can see the procedural waves there. That whole ocean is a procedural ocean. As she's walking across, you can see some procedural light effects uh, on the t- surface of the water. And as she shoots her energy blast, that's that's all that's procedurally generated. That geometry right there is procedurally generated based on rules of physics, and 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 uh, it, it's pretty amazing stuff. I mean, the, the level of of, of uh, Sophistication that we're we're actually, I mean, with a, introduction of AI and machine learning, uh, the proceduralism is kind of really being taken to uh, the next level. And here's another example of where some magic is jumping between uh, different uh, vegetation, different trees in the shot, and all, you know those effects. They just basically created a library of those trees and the the animation jumping between them. Here it is, right here, is a, is all procedural based, and so uh, they, and obviously you know, the, combine, the smoke. Yeah, Exactly. Obviously, it's just, it's just beautiful. Yeah. Here's another exa- final example of uh, you know, the the, the cloud formation there. They actually used a procedural stuff on a cloth simulation. There's the cloth sim right there, uh, but basically, it's a simple cloth sim, and they they did generate procedural uh, vapor on top of that and just uh, animated it that way. It's quite a... I mean, if you've never seen this movie, it's just amazing. And of course, the finale scene where the the whole the dam breaks and threatens the, the entire city. It's just that the whole thing is, is procedurally based animation, especially with the, the foam and the, the effects coming off. And it's, it's really hard to stylize, and that's what they had to do here. Uh, so they just kind of Create a procedural uh, geometry-based thing to kind of drive the water sim on top so that she could be red running through uh, across the top of this water, water thing.
2: Well, you'd use um, a mixture of a lot of that, too, because I know in, in your own VFX work, right, don't you do something similar to that? You mentioned with, like, simulating explosions and simulating, you know, uh, cracking of buildings and exploding buildings and falling down, aren't you? That's all procedural stuff. But you're also, I remember you mentioning something about animating parts of
1: that you're manually yourself, right? Well, you know, the simulation is all, all part of, uh, I guess, procedural animation as well. But, yeah, the fracturing, the modeling, you know, it's, you know, it's really interesting because procedural is, is used in, in so many different ways, especially, yeah, uh, Sean, and, and as far as creating, like, debris and, and, and you know, fracturing buildings before, you know, you simulate them. I mean, these procedural uh, techniques, uh, you know, are being used today to create what are called smart assets, you know these assets aren't actually modeled; they're they're just a set of rules. Kind of, you know. So if you're using Houdini, you know you you can just easily just you know you've got an interface that that say might the chair generating you know procedural chair generator. And you know Max even had these back way back when if you remember it. I do some of the you know primitive staircase generators and window generators and stuff like that. It's it's basically the same kind of thing, but you know you just have a set of rules and the file sizes of the are really small, so you don't have to you know have have big uh you know huge meshes uh, so to speak you know you can just basically run a few rules and now you've got this beautiful you know your your probably got, you know your resulting model could could be high res and 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 big but but the, the actual you know modeling of it is is all it, it takes basically no resources it's very small uh, and you get some really highly detailed stuff with some of these procedural techniques
2: yes and behavioral animation obviously
1: it's procedural a type of
2: procedural animation as well so you have a lot of flocking of birds and uh you know artificial kind of creatures that are that are running around just based on like you said rules where you you have you have from point a to point b and you've got this this um, world that you want these creatures and things to be uh have like you said set up the rules ahead of time where they they respond to particular um uh, obstacles and things like that they'll crawl over those um and so it, it's kind of neat because you can you can improvise um well, realistic, realistically, you can have these things behave in a realistic way. Um, you can create the animations manually, but then you can also, like you were saying earlier, pl- apply different um, techniques to actually lock the feet down onto the, the structures of the world, uh, like walking upstairs, for example. You can do an animation of a walk, but then how are you going to, you know, make them hit every step unless you uh, dynamically, for example, if you change the size of the steps, you know, procedurally. It will actually make the legs reach the areas
1: of those steps based on um, rules
2: and mathematics. Yeah,
1: so, as I say, here's a great example of that. Uh, this is a, a, an example taken from a, an that. unreal uh, thing, but basically rules have been set up for the for the characters. And you know what's really interesting uh, with with uh, behavioral animation is it's basically a, a, you're setting up an autonomous character, which which can determine its own actions at least to a certain certain extent i mean it, it gives them ability to kind of improvise and kind of basically like you were talking about earlier it frees the animator up from needing to to keyframe each specific detail of every character's motion right um and an early example of that was it was uh 1987 the boyd's model of bird flocking can you imagine that key framing birds uh flying uh, it's it's just you couldn't couldn't do it but uh you know that simplistic behavior. Uh, you, you got these little controllers that you can use to to basically simulate the the art, the art quote artificial life. Uh.
2: Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. You know,
1: Starship Troopers. Remember that whole
2: scene of all those coming down. A lot of that stuff was I mean done with procedurally. You, know, you animate a walk cycle, things like that. But then you've got a path that you're you have these things on over the terrain coming down, and they follow certain rules. They get hit by something. You know, all the big huge. Uh, uh, you know, uh, crowd simulation, things that you're seeing a lot of like Lord of the Rings, things like that. Um, based on what you just showed too there, this is kind of how it works. Um, there's a 10 step, there's a, there's an example online uh, and I'll give you the name at the end here, but this is how this is all generated. What you just saw there that you fix the, basically the bottom of it and you make a target and you point the, uh, attach it to the body and it's ray casting. Basically it's, it's projecting down onto the surface. So it knows how to detect the surface of what it's crawling over checks the distance, then when you move it, you basically say when it moves too far, you have the leg go forward, and you can just create this, uh, you know, little uh, spider-looking creature with four legs. It's really, really cool that you showed that. It's a yeah, great it's, example. It's, it's,
1: it's a very, Sean, it's a powerful way to animate because it, it does t- basically, in, well, not basically, entirely away with the concept of keyframes. I mean, there's nothing, no keyframing done there at all. I mean... And when you think about it, it it's it's that, that's the real power of procedural animation because, you know, it allows you know artists and studios to basically uh, work uh, well generate instant- instantaneously almost. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of that stuff
2: obviously is used in games today, and we use it every day in, in gaming. Um, okay, and that, that actually that, that yeah. example, sorry, was was Unity, um, and that was uh, Codeeer. There, there's a YouTube channel where he or this particular group uh, pr- produce that uh, simple procedure animation. So ten steps. So check that out.
1: Yes, and you know we were talking recently about uh, just a minute ago about simulating and VFX. You know, and that's that. that this is I just want to mention this. This is this is the power of proceduralism. Is you know back in the old days. Uh, well, you couldn't simulate something. So, you know, back when we had Max, it was all procedural. Whatever you could do there. I mean, they had a reactor, and that added some physics, but it was still a procedural workflow. And you know, uh, these days, it, it, our eyes—it's we, all about simulation. And you know, so so when you're creating VFX, you have to sit back and wait, and you know, see what's going on and what it's going to look like, and then you you know, you look at it. Oh, it's not quite right. You have to tweak some uh, parameters and resim it and repeat, and, and you do that you Know for a week sometimes until you get the results you're after, and you know what's really cool about procedural, uh, you know, creating effects procedurally, like with something, say, like uh, uh, thinking particles or something like that for a plug in for Max, right? I think it's a standalone now as well, but uh, that's that's a, just a huge uh, uh, time saver mm-hmm. over sim- traditional simulation, uh, yes, you kind of what you see is what you get, kind of kind of with that stuff, and uh, it's it's it's, it's Practically real time. I mean, for practical purposes, and Houdini is is really a great tool for setting up some of these procedural workflows that we're, we're talking about here. Right, and a
2: lot of the the Pixar stuff you see today, where they've done procedural animation with um, the octopus, for example, we showed that in previous uh, podcasts, where you had, you know, a te- let's say a, a, the, the tentacles, you know, had physics, and they basically were drawn to a particular location, and you had other animations, uh, physics properties within the the actual tentacles themselves that had um jelly gelatin looking kind of jiggly uh bits to them and so that's kind of what you would do with procedural stuff and then of course this is, that is from, from too uh, many
1: David Jones Locker uh, when he Yeah,
2: yeah similar that would that was actually somebody who did something similar to that. But but this is like you know what you're doing when you're simulating water and in, in in melting creatures into things into water. And so these are all simulated things. You can't hand key this stuff. It would it's impossible. So this is what we're talking about. when We're talking about procedural stuff. It's simulating water and simulating physical uh, reality um, uh, effects and in, in nature that you see. Um, that's kind of the stuff you do. You can keyframe stuff on top of that. Like um, you can do like yeah, I think you what I was talking to you earlier when you're saying there's like a hero uh, tentacle or a hero this. So you're actually moving something, animating it physically. The animator has ability to do that, but all the physics around it, like. Uh, is being generated um, along with it so it looks even more realistic
1: yeah definitely I mean since exactly exactly and you know there's 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 never been a more higher demand I'd say for for you know more sophisticated characters with uh, with uh, more realistic hair and clothing and you know skin and muscle animations and uh, you know just doing more simulation on these characters just really bogs down the system and, and some of the new tools that are coming out to, to handle some of these procedurally, mm-hmm. uh, especially with the AI, you know, kind of kind of learning these things and uh, kind of automatically knowing how to animate. it. just, it's, it's a huge cost and savings anyway as far as, ma- you know, manpower and time and stuff like that because when you uh, pr- when proceduralism uh, kicks in, it, it, it basically uh, does a lot of those, that, that animation, it takes away the tasks of the animators uh, to kind of focus on, you know, some of the more detailed stuff, like you said, the hero hero type uh, characters and hero type effects.
2: Yes, and this is an example of uh, Rain World, a video game that uh, was made where you've got a lot of procedural animation going on in this this game. It's, I think it might be all procedural. There might be maybe some keyframes um, stuff in there, but most of it's procedural. And so you have these tentacles that, that have procedural um, bits hanging there, and, and it's just trying to follow or, or, or look at or trying to be attracted to your, your player character. And so everything looks, and so as you're moving it around, it looks, it feels real because it's responding to you procedurally. You're not, it's not keyframed ahead of time. It's doing it in real time, trying to reach that target, and you can get some really organically looking, cool, cool games, uh, some much much more immersive for the player, uh, on, on this particular uh, game. I haven't played it, but uh, Rain World Sent seems super super cool. Love to, to to see that. There's another one called Gibbon. Um, this particular one, Beyond the Trees this particular character that you see in here is procedurally animated. Um, it's not keyframed at all. And this is kind of the example of the, the after, but before this particular uh, programmer artist was showing how he went about creating the animations to make it uh, much more realistic when you're, when you're, uh, when you're running uh, in, through this world. And uh, it's, it's pretty cool. He shows the example of how he got points, um, how it detects where the ground is he's got a running cycle he's got physics for the upper body he's got uh, you know it's it's connecting to certain po- uh, points on trees where those things are grip points things like that uh and it's super realistic and it's it's all done procedurally and, and i, I want to play that one too i am just it's just it's just amazing beautiful beautiful game
1: yeah proceduralism is uh, changing the way artists create and develop their work it's it's know it's used in in all sorts of things you know you can when i I was talking about smart assets earlier basically you know with using proceduralist or procedural text uh, uh, methods you know techniques uh, you can create 3d assets uh, you know from models and textures and shaders and and a a ton of other uh, artwork that would normally just have to be manually created by hand by by artists it's a it's a pretty, it's just a pretty sweet thing. And I think just the, the more and more we use, I mean, it's, it's starting to change the industry. I mean, the more it's used and, and again, with AI coming into the picture, it's really making some, some uh, fantastic advances as far as the quality of the CG that's being created. Yes.
2: And, and some of the coolest creatures like uh, the mimic and the Tom Cruise movie mm-hmm. where you had that you can actually, there's a, there's a procedural mimic effect uh, made with uh, geometry nodes and in, in blender free software package. And this guy uh, has a, uh, has made this mimic version eight, uh, and let me show you uh, what this exactly is. This is what it comes out to be. It looks like the same creature in, in, in that movie.
1: Oh, it looks it's, like Venom, kind of too. I think. Yeah, it has like that same
2: yeah. kind of organic feel. But if you look at it, this is. I think he's asking five, five dollars plus. So you can go check it out there at his website. Um, it's, it's called Procedural Mimic Effect. Just look that up on Google, and you can find it. But this is what you can come up with, and you can colorize it and everything else. But this is kind of what it's doing, uh, behind the scenes. It's got these scatter points. And it's got the instance roots and, and, and deleting those and then, and basically moving it along and it tries to, um, be attracted and, and go to those, those curves. Uh, and it just, it's so organically beautiful. I, I just love the look of that. That's just gorgeous.
1: Yes. And they use the proceduralism for, and we've talked about this in one of our past podcasts, uh, the, uh, you know, in Iron Giant, where they used uh, uh, proceduralism, and in, in the Spider Verse as well, where they used a lot of uh, procedural uh, stuff for the ink lines to kind of you know keep it, make it look cartoony, and, and, and to, you know control the thickness and the contours and the roughness and the kind of the style of the lines uh, as well. Um, and the, uh, the Matrix Awakens, uh, they did a really cool demo for Engine Unreal Engine Five recently. If you may have seen that, I think we featured that here in one of our past podcasts. But that whole city was generated procedurally. And you, there's no way you could. I mean, you could hand model a, a, si- a city that size. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's it's pretty amazing. It's like ten ten New Yorks put together. Uh, you can't manage that by hand. And so that that was all created. Uh, that all that content was was procedurally generated. It's it's
2: it's so nice the the ability that people have today to create you know literally anything they can imagine in the computer. Um, it's it's just a I don't like to, to to steal this, but it's it's a wonderful time to be alive. <laughs> I mean, I really agree with two-minute papers. That's their saying, but I mean, it's just it's crazy to see the the, the um just the explosion of your imagination, and, and and you can just you can actually get that out there, or other people can actually see what you want it to be, what what you you as an artist want to show, you know, as as opposed to a director who's directing, let's say, a movie uh, from a book. But if you have that book and you made a story, you could actually make it the way you want and the way you're thinking in your own mind versus what the director or somebody else's interpretation of what you're saying is. That's just kind of a cool idea, you know?
1: Yes, but, and that's what's, I think, coming. And looking into the future, uh, you know, for some of that, you're right, that is what's going to happen. And, you know, the metaverse is coming as well. That's just around the corner. And there's huh? gonna, I mean, there's going to be a huge demand for a lot of large-scale you know, realistic virtual worlds as well as you know, personal avatars for people to walk around in. So it's not just going to be, uh, you, know, you know, 3D yeah. content that you'll be purchasing, but to your point, they're going to be creating original 3D content of their own.
2: Right. Yeah, and like you were saying earlier, AI is going to be a big, huge part of that in helping, helping to determine these procedural animations using AI to, to mimic the world and make things more and more uh, realistic and I think that's that's what we're talking about is the realism of these these things are going to get so to a point. Gosh, like you you you're, you know, you can't. Dis- I wonder if that's ever going to get to the point where you can't distinguish between reality and you're just you're just locked in this virtual space. What do you think?
1: Uh you know, Sean, that's a scary thing to ponder. But you know, we have to start thinking about this because it is just around the corner. And you know, if pe- a lot of people, you know, I don't know what percentage of us. But uh, and this might be you know fodder for a future podcast. It sounds like it is. But what what percentage of people would opt to 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 live in a virtual world? You know to to uh, to to take the, the blue pill, if you will, from a, a matrix, You know from the Matrix. But you know who want to eat that steak, who who know it's fake, but want to live in that world anyway because it's 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 more pleasant. I think a lot of people will,
2: will take that. Of course, I think there will be a big percentage of that. But not to get too dark. Let me let me yeah, just give no. you some software real quick here. This this is uh, Cascadeur um, software where they're actually using, to author physics, uh, uses physics with your keyframed animation. They show an original um, animation that you've done, and then they use physics to kind of help help you. I guess a lot of people would think this is cheating, but you know what? I, I don't think so. Uh, you can... You still have to you still have to make more than just a run and things like that you're going to be you know if you're going to be making anything but this will get you um, if you're not a real a strong animator um, this will help you get a long way uh, go a long way and they' also, i didn't show you everything about this particular software but they're actually doing flips and things like that it, you can actually um, run it on motion capture that you've already gotten mm-hmm. and this can this can help you augment that too some motion capture and clean it up and, and uh keyframe on top of it using physics it's kind of cool cool software another i was going to
1: say another cool thing about uh, this is i'm going to show you a quick thing by carl kraus he this is a kind of a nice little procedural animation he did but you know one of the cool things and to your point that you just made sean is you know procedural animation is going to and procedural animation systems and and architectures they're gonna they're gonna filter down to people you you know well you and i have access to some of this but you know people who don't have Access to some of these tool sets, it's going to filter down to them because what's really beautiful about procedural animation techniques and procedural tool sets is that you know you can you can use them with limited or no artistic skills whatsoever. So you can, you know, the point of with the with my you know talking about the metaverse is you'll you'll actually be able to create your own content. You'll you'll create your own avatar. You'll create your own stuff using these procedural tools. With and you don't really have to be an artist to do it. That's right. You just have some presets. Some templates to start with and
2: uh, have the ability to tweak numbers, <laughs> you know, just or move things around in kind of a node, node based way, you know, connecting this to that and that to this. Um, wow. The power is, is, is coming. It's going to be in everybody's hands.
1: Yes. And then you'll be able to modify it. I mean, even if you didn't make it yourself, there's an FB, based on procedural rule sets where you can just, oh, I don't like that. I, I don't like right. that hand with two fingers I, I like it with 10 fingers i like you know you just do a couple sliders and it and you customize you'll be able to customize all sorts of things just on a procedural basis and, and not even have to be a modeler or, or, or any kind of cg artist really and i think that's right. pretty pretty right. powerful, amazing
2: and and, and if it is as, as it gets more and more um used you'll have procedural worlds that you can explore that'll be changed every single time you go in there it'll be a different different
1: world yeah and sometimes based just on text prompts that you type in uh It'll, the world will be generated procedurally and you'll go into the into that new world that you just asked the computer to generate for you. Endless. Endless. <laughs> well, we want to thank you for being part of our podcast today and we want to let you know that we do them exclusively for you and we had a great time answering Simon's question what is procedural animation and we hope that you learned something new that you didn't know along the way because as you probably know by now it's our philosophy here at the CG Bros that you should learn at least one thing new every week whether you need to or not, right? So... Uh, We enjoyed our conversation and hope you did, too. And if you did, we'd uh, like to ask that you share it around to some of your friends. Um, Also, please hit that like button, too, because it helps YouTube find other people who are interested, interested, I should say, in CGI and VFX related stuff that we talk about here on the CG Insider podcast. And uh, if you've got a subject that you'd like us to discuss in one of our podcasts, please let us know. It's easy to do by shooting over to our website, CGBros.com, up to the About Us tab and click on Ask Us Anything drop down, just like Simon did. We're always
2: looking to improve our podcasts. We do these raw so you get the mistakes and everything in there. So we're not, we're not editing these. So please leave us a comment below if you, and if you do, uh, no guarantees, we may even read it in one of our future podcasts. And just in case you didn't know, we bring you a new edition of the CG Insider right here every week, where we discuss things having to do with computer graphics, CGI animation, digital VFX, of course, as well as other uh, related and interesting topics. Uh, also, be sure to check out the CG Bros uh, YouTube channel for your front row seat for some amazing state of the art CGI short entertainment uh, film, uh, and created by some of the most talented new media producers and VFX studios out there today, as well as some really cool VFX breakdowns behind the scenes making of making ofs. Don't miss it. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing you here next week uh, for next week's podcast. Where we'll be answering another great fan question: What is 3D painting?
1: That sounds very interesting. I'm curious about that one. Yeah, well, that should be fun. Looking forward to it.
0: Well, that's it for today. We sure hope you've enjoyed the CG Bros answer to the question, what is procedural animation? Thanks for being with us. If you watched us on YouTube and you enjoyed the experience, please hit the super thanks button where you can buy us a cup of coffee. Please give us a thumbs up too. Be sure to leave a comment because we might share it on a future podcast and give you a personal shout out by name. If you're not yet following us on our channel, please hit the subscribe button. Subscribing is free and ring the bell so you'll be notified when we post our next podcast. Also, please share the video with your friends on social media. Oh, and don't forget to tell all your friends that they too can enjoy the audio-only version on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible.com, and Stitcher. Here's a free bonus. If you'd like even more Insider information delivered right to your inbox, subscribe to our free CG Insider monthly newsletter. Go to our website, thecgbros.com, and sign up. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. And be sure not to miss the next episode when the CG Bros will answer the question, what is 3D painting? This has been episode 2241 of the CG Bros CG Insider Podcast. See you next time.